Welcome to the Holistic Path Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla McDowell, a certified holistic health coach focused on helping you access education, transformation, and healing. We're taking a deep dive into the world of wellness from mindfulness and meditation to nutrition and fitness. My goal is to help you discover how a holistic approach can bring balance and happiness to every aspect of your life. Now, let's walk this path together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This week, I am super pumped. I have a friend of mine who is a strength and conditioning coach with me. He's our first male guest on the show, which I'm super pumped about. Um, Sam Davis is with us today. Hey, Sam. Hey, Kayla. How are you? <laughs> Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. I'm super excited to be here and, and have a nice little chat with you. And I'm I'm very honored yeah. to be the first male. <laughs> you even beat Cameron. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> huge deal. Um, and for those that listen regularly to the podcast, Sam is Jaina's husband. Jaina is the one who records all the holistic hot seats with me. That's with me once a month. So now you get to meet the duo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully she uh, she's been talking only good things about me. Uh, it's okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Um, but Cameron and Sam have been friends since high school. And so that means we have been friends for 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking 10 or 11. Almost 11. Uh Yeah. Yeah. It's been a minute. Um, it's been really cool to see you kind of like, like meet you, like you're, you were just fresh in college, kind of like trying to figure out what you wanted to do and then to see you kind of like transform into where you are now. But I do want to talk about that journey and stuff. But before we get into that, let's do the icebreaker. What is something (laughs) that most people might not know about you? Um, So I was thinking about this. I think the, the one thing that most of my close friends would know, but um, anyone beyond that little circle probably has no idea, but I am a big time gardener. Uh, I love plants. I've got a bajillion plants in our house outside that's like my go-to stress relief i'm in the garden i'm out in the yard i'm doing anything related to plants um so that's been a big part of my life it's you know my parents you know them they they are in horticulture so i grew up with no choice but loving plants so mm-hmm. it's uh it's stuck with me and it's been you know a fun hobby that i've had for quite a while yeah jana always jokes about how she couldn't keep a plant alive, even yeah. if she tried yeah, yeah. and how you're just, you're yeah. just the plant dad. <laughs> yeah. She calls me the plant daddy and she's the plant stepmom. but, uh, together we, we make a good team and keep them all alive for the most part. So yeah, it works out. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Um, <clears throat> yep. just tell us, you know, your background, your training, what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, like Kayla said, I'm a personal trainer, strength and conditioning coach. Um, I studied exercise science at Middle Tennessee State University. Um, I, I really enjoyed my time there. I started off just going to get a bachelor's degree, thinking I might do physical therapy or something afterwards. Uh, it kind of changed plans a little bit, but ended up sticking around there for a while. Um, you know, graduated with a master's just kind of for shits and giggles, I guess. Um, definitely don't need that <laughs> to be a personal trainer, but you know, yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, 
and then yeah over the years i've just been kind of shaping my ideas concepts beliefs all that kind of stuff towards things that interest me and what i think is more important than some of the stuff that you'll learn just in a traditional uh classroom so i've been kind of branching out a little bit but i've, I've had some some really good opportunities to learn from some very smart people so it's made it a lot easier for me yeah um where and tell everyone like where you train out of like locally yeah so um yeah so currently i am training at a gym in franklin tennessee called chadwick's fitness and performance um so it's a great gym it's all private based there's no like general membership it's one-on-one small groups uh we work with a ton of athletes anywhere from like six years old through pro athletes uh but it's yeah it's a, it's a great spot lots of great trainers a very good atmosphere uh, but I've been I've been there for I think I'm working on my third year now. So Okay. And it's been good. Do you, do you have a favorite type of person to work with? Like in that realm? Like you said you work from anywhere six to mm-hmm. pro athletes. Yeah, yeah. I mean there is some you know, to some extent you kinda are given people and you take kind of whatever fits scheduling and all the other, you know, other things. But uh if I had mm-hmm. my choice it's going to be athletes and it's going to be uh, people with chronic issues, pain, um, you know, injuries, that kind of stuff, just because I, I feel like that's a lot more rewarding for me. Um, I definitely yeah. don't gravitate towards the weight loss, that kind of stuff nearly as much. Um, it tends to be more specialized in some other things that I think I can use my skill set better. Do you feel like maybe you gravitate towards those people? Obviously, it's rewarding for you, but maybe there's a different mindset that they come in with too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, like specifically with the pain, um, I've seen some pretty cool changes with people pretty quickly, uh, just kind of giving their body what they, what they actually need. And Mm -hmm. there's something about it when you have somebody that's been in pain, you know, low quality of life for weeks, months, years, and they come in and they're willing to try just about anything. And you try some maybe odd things and all of a sudden there's a big change. Uh, it's very, very rewarding to seeing their, their smile and they just light up and they, their whole personality changes. So it's, that's, that's my favorite thing to see. Uh, but then also athletes are super fun for the most part. I mean, obviously there's going to be yeah. some kids that are like, you know, they're there because their parents want them to be there and they're not sure. actually super interested. Uh, but for the mm-hmm. most part, we get a good group of athletes that are willing to push themselves and, and willing to, to try things that are uh, a lot harder or different than they're used to. Um, so it's, it's definitely, that's, yeah, I agree. That's where I gravitate probably because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Well, and then, you know, back to the people that, you know, are dealing with pain or injuries, like you're literally mm-hmm. helping change someone's life. Yeah. yeah that's, literally. I know it's super rewarding. It's, uh, it's yeah. hard to describe. Um, Before we get into like, you know, all the deep discussions and stuff, mm-hmm. I want you to, because I think, I think this is worth mentioning and something that you should be really proud of. I want you to talk about when you graduated with your master's, where did you go? You left us <laughs> and moved away. I went to Florida. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I was very blessed. I had a uh, connection down in Jacksonville to go spend a year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, I mean, that was a, a awesome opportunity. So fresh out of school, we Jay and I moved down there. Um, I spent one season with them learned a ton, had a great experience. Uh, we we kind of moved on from that point, but we stuck around Florida for another year. 
Um, just we, we honestly just love being down there, the weather, the beach, all that good stuff. Uh, but since then, you know, obviously we, we moved back up here, but, um, yeah, that was a, that was a super cool time in my life. Um, very, very demanding. Uh, <laughs> it was long hours. It wasn't uncommon to be at the stadium 70, 80, 90 hours in a week, um, for very little money. So that's, that's fun. But, uh, but overall, I mean, I learned a ton. <laughs> it really got me into the stuff that I'm doing now. You know, I had some, some great coaches there that I could steal some ideas from and they kind of have shaped some of my thoughts and, and pushed me to, to start learning about some other things that I wouldn't have ever seen had I not gone there. So absolutely, it was, it was worth yeah, it, it was for sure. Definitely, definitely meant to be part of your journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree now. And I know it was hard, like while you were in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's harder for Jay because I made her move That's all the way to Florida. We had no friends or family down there. And most of the yeah. week, she's just like, she had her job, but she was like, you know, working a normal 40 hours a week. And then the rest of the week, I'm still just away. So she's like, yeah, what do I do? So it was, it her, was her rough for that reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but like, like you said, it was part of the journey and I'm glad we are where we are now. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, good. So how did you, what, what kind of sparked your interest with, you know, you mentioned you thought maybe you could get into like physical therapy after you graduated, but mm -hmm. you obviously didn't go that route. So what sparked your interest with like strength training and fitness? And then now just like how the body actually moves and functions. Yeah. Um, I think it started when I was in like middle school. Uh, I was a terribly scrawny little child that, uh, you know, I was told by the upperclassmen, they're going to shove me in a trash can if I, <laughs> when I get to high school, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound very fun. So uh, I figured awful. I would start lifting some weights. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. like some, some um, hazing going on. Uh, but it was, uh -huh. you know, it, it got me started into the weight room and kind of helped give me a little push and it was for the best. So I, um, you uh -huh. know, started messing around after school every day, uh, lifting weights, kind of trying to figure out what happens when you do this? Uh, I was reading every article I could find on the internet, um, all that, you know, typical stuff where I just kind of started digging into how the body works. Um, and at the time, obviously I was doing things very dumb, very wrong. Uh, just kind of like trying to figure sure. it out, but yeah, it, it got it started to the point where I, I built a habit. I started getting really excited and to the point where the gym was my happy place where, um, it really kind of helped shape who I am. And I think just following that through high school into college, um, like I said earlier, I did not decide PT school, um, partially because of my grades, partially because mm -hmm. I did a few internships and it really wasn't everything I thought it would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of like went from there and I, I'm definitely like a problem solver when it comes to my mentality where if I can have a client come see me, I want to figure out what's going on, why they are the way they are, and how I can help them get from point A to point B. Um, so that kind of applies to all clients. It doesn't have to be an athlete or it doesn't have to be, right. you know, someone in pain or weight. It could be anybody. I'm just, I want to help them figure out their issue and get them where they want to be. Well, I feel like that also, that's kind of like the, that's like a PT piece of it too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that part, sure. like trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like you're in a really good you're in a really good balance of mm -hmm. like, especially with 
the systems and stuff that you're implementing now, which we'll get to and we'll talk about. But I feel like with that and with just like regular strength and conditioning coaching, I feel like Mm -hmm. you're just in a really good balance. It's like Mm -hmm. a very niche place to be. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Which is really cool. And you're one of the first people that I've ever talked to or really seen that talks about some of the stuff that you talk about mm-hmm. when it comes to like our neurological stuff and how it like, you know, works in the body um, mm-hmm. and translates in the body. I think this is a really important to talk about and especially how we talked about how people can mm-hmm. be like in chronic pain or injuries. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are really familiar with this saying because it's, it's a saying that is becoming more popular. Like people are hearing it more and more that sitting is the new smoking. Mm-hmm. So uh, can you explain why, you know, just sitting for long periods of time could be mm-hmm. just detrimental and awful for our health? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, I try not to like get hung up on details too much because a, I've got a really crappy memory and B nobody really cares usually. Um, so Overall, I mean, it's it's pretty clear. Um, I have clients come in all the time that have typical desk jobs where they are sitting eight, nine, ten hours a day with very, very little movement in between. Um, they're getting like two thousand steps in a day, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Um, please just move." And they'll <laughs> move come see me, body. and they're like, "Hey, I feel like crap. I haven't done anything all day, but I'm just like real stiff. Everything feels awful. I'm tired. All this stuff." And usually 30, 40 minutes in, they're like, huh, I feel great. This is actually not so bad. I'm like, oh, weird. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I know I said I wouldn't bore you with too many details, but there was one thing that I remember from MTSU that kind of stuck with me for a while, that there was this research study that was done, I want to say like back in the 40s. So it's very, very old, Uh, but it was Mm -hmm. based in, I believe, London, and they were comparing the all the employees that worked on the double-decker buses and the, the trolleys, like all the public transportation there. And they were just doing yeah. like long-term studies, like years and years and years, looking at their lives, uh, comparing and contrasting. And they, the biggest thing they were finding was they were looking at the drivers who obviously sat down all day long. They didn't really move much mm-hmm. uh, versus the, I don't know the term, conductors or whatever. The people that walk around, they were like checking make sure you paid your thing, collecting fares, all that stuff. So the people that were obviously active up and down, moving left and right all day. And the biggest thing they found in that study was the bus drivers were actually twice as likely to suffer a heart attack in their life. So I remember that from exercise physiology class, I was like, huh, I guess uh, I'll just move more and maybe I won't have that happen. So um, absolutely, it seems pretty simple to me, like, hey, the more active you are, typically the better. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of, I mean, you and I could list off a hundred different things, benefits and, and yeah. um, issues with not moving. But it's like you said, I think it is becoming much more common knowledge now where people are starting to pick up on the idea. Um, uh-huh. you know, it's really simple. You just just move more. If you don't want to lift weights, which I think everyone should yeah. lift weights, but mm-hmm. just go for a walk. Go for a walk. That's it. It's easy. Go for a walk. It doesn't have to be hard <laughs> that's, or strenuous. That's Just all, go for a walk. Asking. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Super, super simple. Everything. It benefits like your mental health. Mm-hmm. If I'm having a yep. shitty day, I'm going to go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And when I get done with yep. my like 20 minute walk, 
Like, wow, mm-hmm. the world is beautiful yeah. again. You're like, oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. this doesn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, exactly. For people that sit all day um, yep. and they're not super into, you know, movement, what are some easy <clears throat> things besides walking that they could implement just kind of quickly yeah. into their daily um, routine? So what I tell people all the time, and it's it's really funny, it's uh, choose inconvenience. Like quit making your life so convenient all the time. So think about the yeah. person. They get in the car. They drive to work. They get out of the car, uh, walk in the office, take the elevator, go sit at their desk, and they're there the rest of the day. They might get up mm-hmm. for lunch. They might get up to go to the bathroom a couple of times. That, that's it, though. They're not moving hardly at all. So yeah. on that same day, that same schedule, like just – make it a little bit trickier for yourself where maybe you pull up and instead of finding the closest spot, park further away, park at the other side of the parking lot. That's going to mm-hmm. double your steps right there. So park further away, uh, take the stairs and nobody wants to do that, but take the stairs. So it'll take you an extra minute two, maybe, yeah. um, you know, and then just like setting reminders on your phone. Like, Hey, I know I'm going to be sitting here with meetings for the next three hours good chance they're probably virtual a good chance you can probably even not even have the video part on so mm-hmm. get up and walk around you've got headphones you can talk to people while you're standing or moving um yep. it's, it's just not that difficult when you understand how important it is it's just choosing to yeah. make it a priority yeah and it's all yeah like you said it's just all about choice mm-hmm. it's just the mindset you've you have- got to understand how important it is why you're doing it and then it makes it a lot easier to figure out how to do it Mm-hmm. But like you said, everything is so convenient now and we're so, mm-hmm. we're so connected. We're never not disconnected mm-hmm. from phones, from screens, whatever. Yep. Do you feel like that has a big impact as to why our society sits <clears throat> so much now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I was talking with a client not too long ago. Uh, he brought up this idea that, you know, we've kind of thrown around for a little bit. He was like, I need to write a book one day about this where um, essentially like, humans the more that we it's human nature to want to make things easier um like naturally we always go for the easier route like we want the least faster path of resistance um mm-hmm. so like people are always going to try to better our lives to make things easier more efficient whatever that's great i get it sure. but all these conveniences are actually causing a de-evolution of our species we're taking like eight steps backwards in our yes. our actual like how we work um and our you know longevity our, our quality of life like everything is is going backwards because we've made our lives so easy so mm-hmm. it's like just take a step back realize what's important um make changes where you can like obviously this the world is totally different now so i know people are going to be yeah. on their phones or are going to be on their computers you're going to watch tv do whatever but like make better choices when you can Absolutely. Well, and I think it's interesting that you said um, we're taking like eight steps back as a species. And that made me think of, are you familiar with uh, what methylation is in the body? No. So methylation is like, it's like a chemical process in the body. It's uh, it's kind of hard (laughs) to explain, but it it literally controls like, I I look at it. Mm-hmm. like a precursor kind of to like the nervous system because you know how the nervous okay. system it literally controls mm-hmm. everything in the body yeah. but methylation mm-hmm. it's like um think about like your dna yeah some more like deeper cellular level 
Yeah, it's like playing like crucial roles in like our gene expression. Mm, okay, gotcha. And mm. I was listening to this podcast the other day. This doctor was talking about methylation, and mm-hmm. that's why, like, that's why you know more more babies now are being born with like tongue ties, lip ties, mm-hmm. uh, cleft palates. They're being born with um, more neurological symptoms and uh, deformities, or like they're slow to progress mm-hmm. and stuff like that. um and it's because our methylation sucks and it's because Mm -hmm. we're not we're not supporting methylation as a species anymore because everything is convenient everything is processed Mm -hmm. we're not getting like the Mm -hmm. correct nutrients that you know we used to get we're not getting contact with the earth um like Mm -hmm. we used to um and he said it would take 100 generations to get back to where we are methylating (laughs) like perfectly yikes (laughs) yeah yeah so that just goes into like we're just falling yeah yeah (laughs) we're taking a million steps back Uh, that's that's uh that's good to hear (laughs) Uh, yeah no but there's things you can do to like support your methylation and stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. that's the good news yeah that was completely off topic but you saying that made me think (laughs) of it said something about nervous system. So I do want to get into like the nervous Mm -hmm. system and for people who don't know what the nervous system is, I'll just give like a little rundown. It's like, think of it like your body's command center and it's, um, it's sending and receiving messages from different parts of your body to help you, uh, like sense the world, like think, move and like Mm -hmm. feel emotions. How does that play into like strength, fitness, and like overall well-being <laughs> from your perspective? Uh, yeah, so I mean, you you covered a good chunk of it right there. Where, like you said, it's the the nervous system is, in my opinion, the most important system in the body. It is the control center. It's in charge of everything, uh, but it's also influenced by everything else. So um, it's a two-way street between the the muscles, the tendons, the bones, ligaments. Everything is connected through this this system. Where, mm-hmm. like you said, if you break it down, the nervous system essentially is our our brain, our spinal cord, the nerves. Um, I would throw receptors into that that group. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just how our body is receiving input from the world and then making the appropriate output. So how we move, how mm-hmm. we function, everything, uh, like you said, from physically to emotional, everything. So the nervous system... You know, with that being said, it's going to play a huge role in in our performance, our our just general health and wellness. Um, typically, like if I get a brand new client, they come into the gym. I mean, you, we're, we're taught this in school. Like you're going to see some improvements very, very quickly if you're doing strength training. Usually, like the first four to six weeks, you'll start adding weight to every single movement really quickly, right off the bat. But if you actually like looked at the the cellular level it's not like they've actually grown more muscle or bigger muscle or done anything physically. There's no change in the actual tissue in that short period of time. It's just the mm-hmm. efficiency of their ner- nervous system where it can make a better uh, communication between the nervous system and then the, the body. Um, so, oh. I mean, that plays a huge role in kind of like what we do. You know, we factor that in, um, yeah. you know, if we have athletes coming in that are just like, trashed they slept awful they partied the night before like whatever they did and their body is just in a chronically poor uh level of function they're not gonna they're not gonna do very good that day so we're gonna pull back a little bit we're gonna make sure they're they're 
lights are very their their weights are light. They are focusing more on the quality of movement. Um, but yeah, we had to factor all those things into everything we do because uh, it, like you said, it controls everything. It's the most important. Everything. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I think that too, and I feel like I'll harp on the nervous system, like nervous system mm-hmm. health, a lot when I talk to people. And you just like explained it so beautifully. So I'm going to use that. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Glad to help. And I feel like a lot of trainers, they won't, they don't even acknowledge that the nervous system has anything to do with it. And I think that's what, that's really special about what you're doing and how you're helping people because you really are looking at the body as a whole. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's been missing in that space for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think once you kind of understand how it works, it's hard not to consider those factors. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it feels wrong not to, um, because yeah. you're going to give suboptimal performance. You're you're not going to be able to do what you should be able to do if you're not doing the correct things to support the nervous system and making sure you're paying attention to how it is acting in that present moment. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking about like my own journey for a minute. So I see a personal trainer here in Nashville. Um, and I cycle sync my workouts. So Mm -hmm. I work out, I base my workouts according to, you know, where I'm at on my cycle for the month. And that has, as a woman that has been the most impactful thing that I could ever do for my fitness routine, because Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm, when I'm being intentional with moving my body based on, um, where my hormones and stuff are at for the month, I find that my nervous system, it stays calm all month mm-hmm. long. Now I don't get like those yeah. ebbs mm-hmm. and flows, those, you know, mountains and valleys anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I feel like when you have, when you're able to balance, like keep your nervous system balanced, I feel like how you kind of talked about earlier, that's, that's where you see like the most like growth and change mm-hmm. like you really start to yep. notice things you start to notice your mm-hmm. body working efficiently <laughs> yeah <laughs> shocker yeah <laughs> it's wild <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the topic of nervous systems let's talk about um square one the system that you've been learning about for you know what the past year or has it been longer than that yeah so when i took my very first square one course that was January of last year. So it's been coming up on a year and a half of kind of diving okay. into that stuff. Um, a quick precursor I kind of got into, I think, like I said before, when I was with the Jaguars, I uh, came across this system called RPR, which is reflexive performance reset. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I've showed you a little bit of it a while back. Um, and it's yeah. a very cool system. It, it, it has its time and place. It's definitely got some, some really cool benefits and things you can, you quickly, um, affect somebody's nervous system and directly change how their body is working. Uh, mm-hmm. But with square one, like I said, it's been a year and a half and it's it's a total game changer. It's like a whole nother level, a whole nother world um, where basically what it is, and it's, you know, I'm going to butcher this to some degree because uh, it's, it's complex. Uh, but basically it's a framework that you can use as a practitioner to interview someone's nervous system. So um, you use the muscle testing um, to kind of determine whether their brain currently at that very moment feels safe or not, because going back to the nervous system, 
the whole goal of the nervous mm -hmm. system is to keep that person alive. Like your nervous system, yes. every half a second is like, hey, am I safe? And if not, let's make me safe. So with square one, you can actually change the perception of the brain and the nervous system so that it perceives mm -hmm. certain things as safe. So a quick example, because um, I, I know for a lot of people that this is new to, it's not going to make any sense me just talking about it like that. But a quick example. Um, so let's say someone comes into me and I, you know, obviously we've talked through all the stuff. Everything's good. Great. Let's start working. Um, I'm going to do a muscle test. If they test strong, great. If not, we can correct that. But I want them to start at a point where a, a baseline, you can call it homeostasis or whatever you want, but they're going to test strong currently in that very moment. But then we're going to apply yeah. some sort of stimuli such as maybe a mouth breath or a body weight squat or something super simple that, you know, you should be able to do. We're going to go back okay. and check that same exact muscle test. This is like three seconds later. And now that muscle test is failing. Okay. Not that they all mm -hmm. of a sudden got weak. It's their nervous system playing its role in the, the function of the muscles. Um, it perceived whatever that stimuli as, as dangerous or threatening. So all of a sudden it causes chaos internally, things shut down, performance goes down. So that muscle test will fail. So that's how we indicate whether a stimuli is stressful to their nervous system. So after we find out like, okay, that squat shut you down. Now I give you the intervention. Okay. We corrected it. Muscle test again. It's strong. All right. So okay. we're back to baseline. We're strong, but I'm going to do, have you make, do that same thing again. So you're going to do that squat again, check you again. Okay. Maybe it's weak still. Okay. We do the intervention, go back to the squat, do it one more time and then muscle test. All right. It's strong now. Okay. So then you could do another squat, still strong, do three squats, still strong. We can eliminate the threat to the brain about that specific movement. So that's the cool part. The bad part is there's endless things that could be considered a stressor. So um, right. it's picking and choosing what things are important for that person. So there's like a general baseline, certain movements that I want to make sure I always clear on somebody. Um, a lot of it's going to have to do with breathing, squatting, uh, visual mm -hmm. things, uh, things like that. They usually give the best bang for your buck. But then if yeah. someone's in pain, uh, once I get through all that stuff, we can specifically target whatever that pain is. So if it's your shoulder, you know, we go through all the basics and then we're going to start messing with your shoulder as a trigger to try to, to, to trigger the nervous system as a new stimuli that we can then teach the brain that it's not that big of a deal. Okay. So over and over you do this, this system and typically you see some really, really cool outcomes pretty quickly. Um, yeah. I'm talking about like people being able to move their arm and if they could only lift it to parallel to the ground and it's been like that for two years, three minutes later, it's over their head and maybe they haven't done that in two or three years and stuff like that, where it's pretty drastic. Um, That's incredible. And it's not, it's not foolproof. It's not a hundred percent, but it's, it's pretty damn close. Yeah. It's, it's a cool system. Do you work with this system with every one of your clients or is it just if they come in and they're struggling with something? Um, at the moment, I do not, uh, mostly because it is a little like woo woo, kind of strange to a, a, a fresh person coming in. Um, sure. I think at one point, like down the road, I see myself doing it with every single person, no matter what, like they come to me, this is what we're doing first. This is priority. Yeah. Right now, I've integrated it in a way where 
Um, if I see some major deficiencies, things that I think need addressing, I will do it. If they come to me specifically because they have pain, I use it. But like my average Joe, like they're probably okay. Like obviously they would benefit from it. It would be helpful. But like at the same time, I'm not trying to run people off because I'm doing some things that are not your average uh, system in the gym. Yeah. You know, sure. it's, it's, it's weird fair. for people if they are not open-minded. Yeah. But And again, like if you, you know, if you show them how to Mm -hmm. do these things um, and they see like a benefit from it, they're like, like it changes, changes their mind. It opens their mind, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this the only system out there like this? Or is this Um, like the first of it? It's, it's, well, it's tricky because, uh, so the guy that developed it is, his name's Sean Sherman. He's a super great dude. Um, He basically took a couple different systems and applied some of their principles. And what he did Mm -hmm. was he, he took these ideas from, if you look back, like way back in in time, uh, I think it's applied kinesiology, clinical kinesiology. There's all these branches that kind of stemmed from similar ideas of, I think it's like traditional Chinese medicine where they're using, like I said, some weird stuff, but it's a lot of muscle testing, kind of like using it to identify dysfunction in the body. So he took some of these ideas and paired it with some of his other training that he had done where instead of looking at like, you know, oh, this muscle test means that your liver is funky or something. It's more like, hey, what's going on at the each individual joint? So um, he breaks it down in a way where it's looking at gait. So the way we move. Um, So basically, if you take a step on your right foot, like you're walking forward, he is trying to figure out what's going on at every single joint up the body and we can muscle test and figure out which specific joint is causing dysfunction and then address that specific joint um and not to say that like you know that joint is bad or broken or wrong it's just maybe there's Mm a a a, you know subconscious threat associated with that joint so maybe you stubbed your toe when you were eight and it hurt really bad and now that big toe every time we do a certain movement is going to cause your nervous system to shut down and we can clear that we can get rid of it so that that no longer is the issue. Um, and that's how the system kind of works. It's he's, he's built something very special here. There's nothing else currently like it. It's like I said, it's kind of taken some other things, meshed them together and built something really cool. Yeah. That is really, really fascinating. When you get rid of the threat that was Mm -hmm. causing the nervous system dysfunction, how, how long does like that last? Is it always gone or is it something that you have to constantly keep doing for that one specific thing? So, so that's the cool thing is, um, unlike some of the other systems, this stuff sticks, it holds indefinitely. Um, Mm -hmm. from, from my understanding of it, and I've tested this on clients where, uh, let's say we, we go through a, a basic intro session and kind of like clear out all the basic movement patterns, that kind of stuff. Then six months later, I go and I'm like, hey, let's check some of that stuff because we haven't just for fun. I'm just curious and yeah. check it. And like 99% of them are still strong. They all still test positive. Wow. So it, it as far as my understanding is, unless there's a reason for the body to revert back to that compensation, like let's say you, I don't know, hit your head on the ground, um, kind of like mm-hmm. shuffle things around. <laughs> then yeah. that might shut you down and maybe you start back at the beginning. But for the most part, mm-hmm. it it holds true. And that's where it's very different from a lot of the other systems. That's the cool part. 
That's so cool. When, oh, oh my gosh, I love this. This makes me so happy that this even exists. Um, it's wild. <laughs> when you came over and you brought your massage table and you showed yeah. me some things a couple months ago, was that the square one yeah. system or was that the, okay. So, so that, I thought so. because Well, that kind of, that, so that was like a mix. Um, that okay. was, cause that's been a while. That was after I took my very mm-hmm. first course with them. And at the time I was terrible at muscle testing. Um, so I need to come back and see you again because since then it's totally different. I've, I attended the, the course again. I did level two as well. Um, it kind of like mm-hmm. refined some of my uh, actual muscle testing. So you got mm-hmm. a hybrid mix of RPR and square one. That was not even like real square one. It was using the intervention without the assessment. So yeah. Right now it would be totally different. You would see some different stuff that you haven't okay. seen. But I think like when you came over, I was having some shoulder pain. We did a lot of work around that and mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't dealt with it since like yeah. all my exercises have been easy to do and yeah, so it works. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. <laughs> Cause like I said, that was like a half-assed version and it still got you great results. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the crazy part. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, exactly how long has this system been around and developed when did he put this together do you know um i think he's been working on it since and i could butcher this so sorry sean if you listen to this uh maybe 2008 is when he started kind of piecing things together uh but it's a system he built over years and even like since 2019 or 2020 he developed a whole different uh principle that has kind of held as what they call level one now so it was mm-hmm. taught as the the level two course um was the original like full version and then he kind of discovered something that's actually a little bit easier to use a little simpler that still gets really really good results um and mm-hmm. he made that the level one course so it's been it's been yeah. years and years of him trying to develop this system and it's it's at a really good point now where it's it's super straightforward it's super easy to use it's it's Good. I mean, like I said, it's like no other system right now, but yeah, it's wow. been his little, his project for quite a while. That's super special. I want to, I want to talk about being barefoot because I yes. know that this is something that, <laughs> that you feel very strongly about, um, and like different, like footwear that we wear and how it impacts, mm-hmm. you know, our overall health. So just talk about, talk about like the barefoot movement. Um, okay. you know, what are, the benefits and are there any drawbacks to it at all? And then I want to go into um, like footwear that we can wear mm-hmm. that can give us like the barefoot feel. Okay. So um, yeah, let's start off just kind of like addressing feet in general. Um, mm-hmm. So in my, in my opinion, when you're looking at the, the human body, um, aside from the nervous system, the feet are one of the most important things in, in our quality of life or how we move everything because when you think about it that's the only part of part of our body that's in contact with the ground all the time like that's how we move our foot it makes contact with the ground um and it's they're super complicated they i want to say there's like 33 joints per foot um there's something like 200,000 receptors in in each foot um it's just like wild stuff that our feet are super important for affecting everything upstream or maybe downstream i don't know the term um up the body um, <laughs> let's yeah let's say that like, i guess it's well, downstream yeah, if, you're, if you're moving 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I know, uh, I know what you're saying. <laughs> but like when your foot makes contact with the ground, if it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, something upwards is going to have to compensate for that. So our okay, feet are yep. crucial. Their health is important. Um, I mean, it's just like you can't get around it. They're super, super important for how we move. Um, so now getting into more like footwear, or that kind of stuff. Um, I think you often, for people that, you know, follow your Instagram and that kind of stuff, you talk about mm-hmm. being barefoot all the time, being, you know, grounding, earthing, whatever term you want to use, but you're, you're doing mm-hmm. it for several reasons. Um, and yeah. I appreciate that, all of it. Uh, but more specifically, we'll just talk about like the actual physical part of, of the foot mm-hmm. and like why certain yes. shoes are better. Um, so the, for footwear, the kind of things that I'm looking at, I want a, a shoe that's flat. I want a Mm -hmm. a shoe that is flexible and I want a shoe that has a wide toe box. So those are like the three main criteria that I'm looking for. Um, the reason being is if it's not flat, which most people don't realize it, but if you're wearing a pair of Nikes, Adidas, Pumas, whatever, they've got an elevated heel. Uh, they don't look mm-hmm. like it's a heel. It's not like you're wearing a stiletto, but it is, right. there is a gradual height difference between your toes and your heel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in our industry, people all the time are talking about like, oh, you don't squat very well because you don't have very good ankle mobility. Okay. So then we wear shoes that have a heel on them that are already right. putting us in what we would call an advantageous position. So it's making it where we don't need oh. as much mobility. Right. But the problem with that right. is the whole use it or lose it principle. If you're not ever getting into that full range of motion, like how do you expect to ever have that range of motion? Like mm, all we're doing is, okay. is making it easier for ourselves. Once again, going to the whole convenience thing or de-evolving because of little yeah. silly things like this. So mm-hmm. take that heel out. Yep. Okay. You want a shoe that's flat. Uh, you want a shoe that's flexible because like I said, you've got 33 ish joints in the foot. Those joints, every time they move, they're sending information to the brain. They're, you've got all those receptors. Um, everything is communicating to the brain and then back down to the foot. So uh, a book I read not too long ago was talking about the what's really interesting is like the, the way the nervous system works. You have nerves that actually go directly to the foot and up to the like lumbar sacral region of the lower back. So what's like the most common injury in the U S it's low back pain. Um, it's because uh, I would be willing to put some money on it. A big chunk of that Mm -hmm. is due to us wearing crappy shoes that don't allow us to feel the ground because usually they've got that big old squishy cushion on there and they don't really bend at all. So that big cushion is limiting what your body can actually feel because it's like you're on a boat 24 seven when really you're on the ground. So it doesn't make sense. Um, Okay. I like that analogy. And then also yeah. the the flex the flexibility. You need to be able to bend your big toe because there's actually a reflex built into the body that when that big toe, when that heel is coming forward and you're getting that bend in that like you know ball of the foot area, there's a reflex mm-hmm. that that movement is what helps get that same side glute to turn on and help with extension of the hips. So when you're not oh bending that gosh. toe. You're, yeah. you're basically just compensating and using your QL, your hamstring, your hip flexors, other muscles are working harder than they need to be to propel your body forward. So that's huge. Um, wow. And then hey, the, that's the, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and then the, the wide toe box that is obviously just, you need a, a solid base of support. 
Like you're not going to build a skyscraper on little tiny stilts. You want to have a nice solid base of support. And when you think right. about our body, our foot is like what? A one fifth or one sixth, the, the like length versus our height. It's like, it's a right. very small little thing that we're putting all of our everything on. So Absolutely. why would we want to squish it into a smaller little cylinder? Like let's make it wide, let it actually do what it's supposed to do. Give it some freedom. Um, mm -hmm. and I know that was a lot all at once. Sorry. Like you said, this no. is something I, I care a lot about. But I'm following. But yeah, those, I'm are following. The, those are the things I'm looking for with my shoes. Um, so with that being said, I do have a handful of brands that I really like. Um, okay. Vivo Barefoot, V-I-V-O. They're great. Uh, they make a super, super good shoe. Uh, the only downside is they're pricey. Um, so if you're new to this, you know, they're great. But maybe there's some other options I'll talk about in a second. That might be a better uh, starting point um zero shoes xero i've had a pair of those i'm wearing them right now um merrill the, the hiking shoes they actually make a couple oh. versions that are specifically uh, mostly for trails but you know you could use them wherever and then okay. one we we recently found and tried uh, i bought jay a couple pairs they're called splay athletics s-p-l-a-y and they're mm -hmm. great they're super affordable i think like 50 to 75 bucks for a pair and they make some okay. really cool looking shoes and that she loves them. I mean, they're, they're a great option for someone that's new to it. Um, so I definitely okay. recommend checking out any of those. Um, but yeah. And then, and then, you know, going back one step further, it's in an ideal world being truly barefoot is probably the best case scenario for yeah, absolutely the fact that you're not getting any distraction from the bottom of the foot, but also the same reasons that you talk about often you're, you're sharing energy with the earth um and yep. that's you know once again gets into that like woo woo category category but there is some <laughs> yeah. signs on it It helps with with decreasing inflammation and it's i mean it's it makes sense Absolutely. like we're electric beings and there's yep. like everything is made out of energy like how is that yep. not common knowledge um so yeah, yeah like being barefoot would be ideal um but yeah no it's it's there's a lot to it it's feet are important they are. They're super important. I I was like geeking out when you were talking about like the big toe and how it like mm -hmm. could affect like your hip. I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know more. There's a lot. It's super, super fascinating. Yeah. Um, have you converted several people from, you know, <laughs> their normal shoes to, to these more like barefoot type of shoes? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I need to have like an affiliate link or something because I I yeah. probably got like eight eight clients right now that have at least one pair of barefoot shoes and they pretty much train in those exclusively. Um, yeah, awesome. I, I'm, I I try not to push it on people, but if they ask, I'm like, hey, your shoe sucks. Get some of these. Yeah. Um, and a lot of time, honestly, I'm training athletes and people barefoot, you know, because it's yeah. I'm I'm thankful that I'm at a gym that is cool with that. Because a lot of the mm -hmm. commercial gyms are like, oh, that's gross. Can't do that. So yep, um, our gym's on. super cool yeah. about it. So I try to do that as often as I can. Um, but yeah, I try to convert a few people here and there. Do you have any tips for anyone that's, you know, transition that would want to transition into more of like a barefoot or minimalist shoe? What tips would you give them? <clears throat> yeah, no. Anytime someone's switching over, um, I tell them to ease into it as best you can. So, um, I'll start off with like 
hey, bring them to the gym. Uh, we'll wear them for an hour, take them off, go home, do what you normally do. Over time, over the next like week or two, start increasing a few hours, maybe go for a few longer walks. Like you just kind of build tolerance because um, I think that's where some people get get kind of like turned off about them is they'll put them on, they're used to their big squishy shoes. Um, they walk around yeah. for a while and their feet hurt and they're like, oh, um, I didn't think this was going to happen because I, I thought this was good for my feet. But you got to think your right. feet, all the tissue underneath your foot is just like tissue in the rest of the body. It's muscles, it's tendons, it's things that get sore. Um, yeah, if you absolutely. go to the gym for the first time and do a thousand squats, your legs are going to hurt like hell. So if you walk yep. around all day with no cushion, it's a lot of impact you're not used to. Um you'll you'll not be real happy so definitely over time you kind of yeah. <laughs> you start to increase your your tolerance okay yeah so just one day at a time type of thing exactly. one hour Take at a time easy. yep <laughs> yeah okay we're getting towards the end of the show but there are a couple other things i do want to talk about i feel like you know there's still a lot of people out there that just don't think that movement is necessary for their everyday life Or maybe like some people are, they're intimidated. They're scared to go to the gym to work out, to move their body because they don't really know where to start. And I feel like that's maybe just because there are a lot of misconceptions out there um, about movement in general. So do you know of any like common misconceptions about, you know, fitness and strength training that maybe you could clear up? Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's tons and tons. Um, Oh. Obviously, nowadays with with social media and technology and stuff, it's like it's a blessing and a curse. Um, mm-hmm. There's tons of good free information out there, but at the same yeah. time, there's three times as much junk. Um, so it, it's hard for people that that aren't educated in this kind of stuff to know what they actually should be doing or shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but right. in general, I mean, I try to tell people find things that you actually enjoy, things that you're willing to stick with. Um, just keep it simple. I mean, you can, obviously you can hire a trainer, do whatever you need, but like, like we talked about earlier, the most important thing, if you're just wanting to get healthier is like, just move, like go for a walk, just make things, just make it a priority to, to focus on movement and not think so hard about like how many reps, how many sets, how many exercises, which one should I do? Should I do Mm -hmm. this one with that one? Like it doesn't matter. Just go do something and push yourself Mm -hmm. a little bit. And then over time, you try to increase that. Um, but one one big thing I, I hear all the time is people are like expecting to be super, super sore after a workout. And it's like, mm-hmm. unless you're a bodybuilder or somebody that, that is pushing lots and lots of volume like that, you yeah. I, I'm not ever, I don't ever want my clients to be sore. Like there's going to be times obviously where right. we we do new things. We add new, add more sets of reps, um, more weight, whatever. So sometimes it's going to happen, but that's never the goal. Um, you don't need to be sore in order to have that improvement. So Mm -hmm. I, I kind of like the, the phrase, a lot of people think that more is better, but I tell people more isn't better. Better is better. So doing the right things at the right quantity, um, and just being smart about it. Like if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I like that you said that pick things that you like, uh, because I feel like more often than not people that start their 
their health journey, whether it be with food or fitness, whatever it is, I feel like they just, they, they find stuff on social media or on the internet and they just go for it. Not, Mm -hmm. not taking into account whether or not it's actually going to work for them or Mm -hmm. actually be beneficial for them. And a lot of times in the wrong, in the long run, they just end up quitting because it's Mm -hmm. too hard or it just doesn't work with their schedule or they just don't like it. Like it's not fun. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I truly believe that what, like the food that I eat and how I move my body, I want it to be fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be boring. Like Mm -hmm. if I don't, if I don't want to go lift a bunch of weights one day, but I know I need to move my mm-hmm. body. I'm just going to go outside, do something outside, mm-hmm. wash your car, like mow the mm-hmm. grass. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It doesn't have to always be in the gym. And I feel like a lot of people are, they're just intimidated to mm-hmm. be in the gym. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I feel like a lot I think of that's, people... that's huge. Well, and, yeah. And something, something you said that just brought an idea to me is like, everybody is different in how they're going to respond to whether like you said food or their activity, like every, everybody's totally different. And I yep. remember this other study, um, and I forget all the details, but basically they had, let's say it was a hundred people all do the exact same exercise program. And they just tracked mm-hmm. to see how people responded. And there were, you know, let's say 10, 15% that responded really well. They call like the, the good responders. They had, uh, a middle chunk that like, you know, had some okay results. And then there was like a large portion, 20, 30% that actually saw no change or even some negatives. And okay. Yeah. So they, they kind of phrased it in a way where it's like, maybe these people at the bottom, they're non-responders to exercise. No, maybe that was the wrong exercise for them. Yeah. Like maybe their body was craving something totally different. If you have everybody do the same thing, like there's a good chance not everybody's going to benefit from it. And I think right. people just need actually, to realize like, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that was actually in the study, not responding to exercise. Yeah. yeah they call they call them non-responders to exercise. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And then I That's think the I funny part think. was, well, so <laughs> I think the funny part was that the, the company that was paying for the study or somebody took that information and they, design some kit that you could actually buy to see if you're a non-responder to exercise. <laughs> so once again, it, it always goes back to, to money. Um, you got to kind of pay attention to what you're always. looking at and, and who has their hands on it. Uh, Cause it's, you can't trust anybody nowadays. It's, it's crazy. Oh, yeah. Non-responder it, really, to exercise. That's, and it's really sad how many people probably bought into that too. Oh, Absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. I've been trying so Almost. hard, but I, I don't get results. Yeah. Well, that's why. No, you yeah. did the wrong thing. No, oh, that's just not even a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, uh, yeah. It just, like, it baffles me. Like, some people should actually be ashamed mm-hmm. of stuff that they promote. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they won't. Yeah. Yeah, no. Let's <laughs> Let's not... We should be empowering people, uh, but let's not do that. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just make some 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 dollars. Yeah, yeah, make some money. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite exercises or routines off the top of your head that you can think of that you love 
to do for yourself or clients that um, are kind of like your go-tos that just promote overall health and well-being? Um, not necessarily. I yeah. I mean, we, the, the main one we already covered was walking. Walking is, in my yeah. opinion, like the best thing you can do physically. Um, mm-hmm. So walking in different types of walking, like maybe walk uphill, walk downhill. Um, if you're able to sprint, sprinting is the best thing, hands down, in my opinion, for if you want to get in shape, like if you can, if you are able to sprint, sprinting mm-hmm. does so much for us. Um, so that's, that's can a good go one. That? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's just like, it, it's, so when you look at like human movement, we're hardwired for gait and what is sprinting? It's, it's gait at a really high intensity. Um, so it's mm-hmm. just that, that cross crawl pattern. Um, you know, once again, going back to the nervous system and how it like helps benefit, uh, all the other systems in the body. Uh, but it's the most physically demanding thing that our bodies are designed to do, you know, like okay. every single muscle in the body is doing something the entire time you're sprinting. Like if it's a Ooh. true max effort sprint, yeah. every muscle is doing something or else you're not going to be able to do it. Like it's, okay. it's huge. And, yeah, that's so true. and if Actually, you're looking yeah. at like wow. the, the forces, the impacts, like when your foot hits the ground, I'm going to butcher this. I forgot the numbers. I want to say it's like seven times your body weight going into the ground that amount of force every time your foot hits the ground when you're sprinting at full speed wow i mean it's it's very demanding um and like i said that's if you're capable not everyone should be sprinting but that's Mm -hmm. a great one um something that jay and i have been getting into a lot more lately is climbing so rock climbing uh we do it you know just inside at a commercial gym kind of place but um i think climbing is like primal it's it's in our our just how our bodies are designed to move. Um, you look at babies Absolutely. and they like a uh, six month, sorry, six month old baby can hang from a bar for like 20 seconds and they're six months old. They can barely do anything yeah. except pee and poop, <laughs> but they can hang onto a freaking bar. Uh, they have incredible grip strength. <laughs> seriously. It's like a reflex built into us because it's important. So yeah. I think you challenge that. Rock climbing is, mm-hmm. is, is great for that reason, but also like mentally, it's very stimulating. Um, so yeah. I, I've been encouraging people to, to get into that a little bit more, but yeah, no, I don't have one specific favorite. I kind of always am doing other random dumb things and just on yeah. to the next day, having fun. Just <laughs> who cares? Like whatever I feel like that week. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Uh, back to sprinting. If mm-hmm. someone listening to this, if they, if they've never gotten into sprinting at all, how would you, how, how would someone go, um, how would someone implement that into their Mm -hmm. routine? Like how many times do you sprint? Do you like take breaks in between? Mm -hmm. Like what, what have you found to be most beneficial? So if it's brand new, if you're, well, if you're, if you're fresh into it, take as long a rest as you need. Um, preferably, I would, I would find a nice sunny field. A soccer field works great. Somewhere that has lots of open space. It's relatively flat. Um, me and one of my buddies, when we have some downtime, we'll go meet up at a soccer field down the road and we'll kick a yeah. ball around for a little bit and then run a few sprints. And ideally you're pushing pretty hard. Uh, but if it's, if you're new to it, you're going to need a long rest. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it's obviously going to vary a ton depending on your goal. Like if you're an athlete, you're trying to actually get faster. You want a long rest period, but there's like a sweet spot. Yeah. 
Um, okay. And it's going to be different for every person. But if you're new to it, sprint, rest one, two, three, five minutes, do it again, three of them tops. <laughs> like if you're going full speed yeah. and you're going like, let's say 20, 30, 40 yards, like three of them. And have a feeling your hip flexors and things are going to be very sore the next day because you're probably not in those positions very often. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, take it easy. It's it doesn't you don't want to go fair. kill it on on day one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very fair. I think you've inspired me. I think I might do that for my second workout today. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I already did. I did uh, back and buys this morning. And it's so pretty outside. I was, I'm, I'm going to go for a long walk over to the soccer stadium yeah. across the, across the street. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I'm in that part of my cycle where I have a lot of energy and I want to get mm -hmm. a lot of energy out. Um, yeah. and I feel like walk, walking just doesn't do it for me when I'm mm -hmm. in this part yeah. of my cycle. So I might try out some sprints. It's yeah. been a long time since I've sprinted. I'm, <laughs> I'm mostly, if I do sprint, I'm always on a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. don't get me started on treadmills. I hate treadmills. <laughs> I know. I'm, but I, I get it. I get it. Patty, the trainer that I see just down the road from my house, she uh, she's really good about um, starting every single workout with a walk. And if it's nice outside, we mm -hmm. always walk outside. Yeah, that's awesome. Granted, yeah. it's still a concrete jungle because it's downtown Nashville. But yeah, but you get in the sunshine. It's it's yeah. much more refreshing being outside. Um, Exactly. I always encourage that if you get, if you have the opportunity, that's the best. Yeah. Well, how can people find you and connect with you? So yeah, like I said, I, I am a trainer at Chadwick's in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, so if you're local, feel free to come by. Um, if you're not, I am on Instagram. My handle is Sterling Strength. It's S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G underscore strength. Um, I'm not like super active on there as far as posting actual content. Um, but I, I repost a lot of people that are smarter than me. So if you just watch stories, that's uh, that's yeah. a good way to get some benefit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I try not to spend too much time of my own actually on there posting. Mm -hmm. Um, that's something I, I've talked about increasing, but we'll see. So, but yeah, you can, you can reach me there. I'm active to the okay. point where if you send me a message i'll see it i'll respond that it. kind of thing i just might not post a whole lot but yeah cool perfect well i will put all of that in the show notes so people can connect with you if they want to connect with you or if they have questions too yeah oh, that sounds good I feel like, yeah i feel like you know some people might have questions um and want to go more in depth with you about yeah uh, nervous system strength and stuff like that yeah, honestly, the like the square one stuff and RPR and all that, it's so much more fun in person. Like I, when I listen back to this, I I don't know if people will actually like understand what I was saying. <laughs> so I'll try to like. You explained it very well. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah, I, I get excited and just start talking, and I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think when you can actually feel it for yourself, see it in person, it's totally different than just hearing about it. Oh. Uh, which by the way, yeah. I, you can also tag in the, sh in the show notes, uh, uh -huh. follow square one systems. They post okay. nonstop good content. He's actually okay. very good at social media and does it often. Uh, but it's <laughs> okay. square and then the numeric one systems uh -huh. on Instagram. Okay. Okay. I'll put that. Yeah. In they've there. got That'll great stuff. Good. So that's a good follow. Mm. Okay. 
Cool beans. Um, yeah, well, that wraps it up for the show. Thank you so much for joining me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I could literally listen to you talk about this stuff all day. <laughs> well, I had fun. It's uh, it's it's nice having someone else that I can actually like nerd out with and and talk about yeah. things that I'm passionate about. Where most people are like, okay, who cares? <laughs> They're just like, they don't understand anything that you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't care. So it's good. Yeah. I I appreciate it. It's it's good. Yeah, for me too. Good. Well, I'm glad. I'm I'm glad I was able to snag some of your time today in between clients. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Yeah. All right, friends, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed Sam and I's conversation. I know I surely did. I feel like I didn't say a whole lot on this episode because when Sam speaks about all of this stuff that he is so passionate about, I just, I can't help but be quiet and just listen. Something I would love to challenge you all to do after listening to this episode is to begin a mindful practice with being barefoot more, grounding with nature, making intentional efforts to move your body more. Stay healthy, stay happy, friends. And as always, thank you so much for walking this path with me.